You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Hello, High Ridge family. How are you? Everybody good? Looking good. Such a great uh, honor for me anytime Pastor Tim asks me to bring the message. Welcome everyone who's watching online from all around the country and even abroad. What a privilege to have you join us here today. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here. So I, I'm going to bring a, a message today entitled Walk This Way. And I can see all the 70s people out there. I, I know what you're thinking. But we're in church. You should be ashamed of yourself. Actually, what I, I, I got this message because as we're going to read here in a few moments, Paul in Ephesians chapter 3 breaks down some things and then chapter 4 is where we're going to read here in a bit. But uh, one of the things that is interesting, it, it created this question. I was reading this passage and it, a question in my mind. Have you ever forgotten who you are? Now, I don't mean that you have, did you have an amnesia moment. Uh, what I mean is, do you ever forgotten who you are as it relates to who you represent? Right? So um, the, other, <laughs> the other day I had an experience. It was really interesting. Um, we were at Sam's. I go there because we have to. Um, I don't necessarily enjoy going to Sam's. We lived for five years in Bentonville and Sam's and Walmart, those were your only choices. There weren't any other grocery stores. Right? So I've had my fill. So, but anyway, we, we get things there. Uh, but I don't shop. I go and I grab and I get out, right? So I'm already in kind of a frame of mind as I'm approaching Sam's. And you know, you, you usually don't get to park very close. That's rare. If it does, you, you kneel, you thank the, thank the Lord, give a little hallelujah moment because it doesn't happen often. And then you, uh, you know, so I'm walking and you know they have the, the designated crosswalk where, where pedestrians are supposed to go and, and vehicles are supposed to stop. And so uh, we're walking and I'm very determined and I'm, we're going in and I'm in this crosswalk with other people. It's not just Deborah and I. It's, it's, there's about seven or eight of us in this crosswalk going and a car honked at us. Like, in my mind, all kinds of things were racing. In my mind, I'm thinking, what, are you trying to tell, should we be sprinting? Have we so caused you a delay that, you know, you just couldn't resist, you just had to honk at the pedestrians, you know? But I didn't do that. What I did do, though, is I gave a slow turn. And I gave a look that pretty much conveyed what is wrong with you. You know, what are you doing? And the person in the vehicle gave me the peace sign, smiled real big. It didn't help my feelings. And I didn't say, but I didn't say anything. I was very proud of myself for that. And I think you should be proud of me as well. I didn't say anything. I just walked on into Sam's. And then I, I got a little ways into Sam's and I realized I was wearing a purple Columbia shirt that had LSU on it because we're from there, right? So then I had this thought, what if he was just honking to give me, you know, like... Go LSU or something. Yeah, that didn't occur to me. That was not my first, my first inkling, you know. But uh, 
So, I mean, have you ever caught yourself out and about doing something and, and you respond to something or you, or you say something and then only to realize later that you're wearing your company or organization's logo or name? And then you think, hmm, did I represent my, would my company or organization be happy with the way I just represented them out here in public? You know, uh, something to think about. It happens to us, doesn't it? It does. And, you know, here's, and by the way, all of the high ridge swag that you've been given, the form to line over here, we'll take it all back if you don't think you can behave yourself. Um, <laughs> well, the reality here is that we can forget whose we are, who we belong to, and who we represent. And you know what? There are some mistaken notions that we tend to believe while we don't remind ourselves more reg regularly. And here's, here's one of them. No one is paying attention. Yes, they are. Our world is paying more attention now to everything than they ever have before. We are more under scrutiny and observation than we've ever been. Ever. No matter how much you try to hide, you can build a Faraday cage around your house if you want to. I mean, but people are paying attention. They, they're noticing things. In our world today, in our culture, we have such a heightened awareness of how people are acting in public. And you've got people so ready, so ready to push that send button and, and make you go viral. Because you didn't respond the way they thought you should. Right? They're going to hold you accountable. Yes, Keyboard Karens are everywhere. If your name is Karen, I apologize. <laughs> Obviously not you. It's the Karens in first and third service that I was talking about. <laughs> Here's a second notion that we, we tend to believe, but it's a mistaken notion. That is this. Anyone would have responded that way in that situation. We're quick to justify. We're quick to justify ourselves. Here's a third one. This one's significant. This thought, my words or actions have no real impact on others' choices regarding Christ. You ever thought that? Nobody's paying attention to me, it's just me. Nothing I say or do would have any impact one way or the other on someone's reactions or decisions regarding Jesus. That's a lie. Because we are the words, we are the testimony, we are the message. So how we behave can have a real impact, positively and negatively. I wrote it down this way, reminding ourselves who we belong to and who we represent is important for our daily walk into the world. We often read the Great Commission in Matthew 28 as as a command to go into the world. It's really more of an acknowledgement that we go into the world every day. It could even be read, as you are going, therefore. We go into the world every day. It's something that we do. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians 3 has spent an entire chapter talking about the great mystery that is the church. 
how beautiful it is, how, how mysterious it is that Jesus gave himself in the way that he did for the church and the impact that the church is intended to have in the world. He spends a whole chapter on it. And then he goes to chapter four, and we're gonna read chapter four, verse one through four here. And he starts off basically, I'll just paraphrase it. He says, after I've told you all this about how important the church is and how significant it is and what a great mystery it is, how God shows his love to the world this way, represent. Represent. That's basic. I could sum it up and say, represent. What he's saying to the Ephesians as he's writing them, because Paul's letters to the, the churches and to the different cities that he wrote these letters to, they, they're kind of broken down to where the first section is doctrinal. He's giving theological understanding of who God is and what salvation is. He's given all these things. The other half of the book is usually very practical. Here's how you put this to work in your life. And that's exactly how Ephesians is laid out. First three chapters, very doctrinal. Last three chapters, very practical. And here's what he says. Verse one, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you. That's, we don't use that language much, but he basically he's saying, I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. Walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. That's really what he's saying in this. Go back and read what I wrote in chapter three. Because anytime you see the word therefore, you need to go back and see what it's there for. It's a little Bible study hint. It'll help you understand context and figure out what's going on. And so when you read chapter three and you come into chapter four, you hear, represent. I'm begging you, represent what I just told you. He then closes the chapter by giving a summary of what that actually looks like. Ephesians 4.32, it says this, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who is our guide and teacher and instructor in truth. We ask, Lord, that your word would come alive to us in this moment that we share together today, all around the world as people watch, and for everyone in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How the early church treated each other is what set the church apart from all the other religions of the day. People would say, look how they love each other. They were there for each other. They took care of one another. They supported one another. They showed up when somebody had a need. They, they received back and forth from one another. There was that lifestyle. And the world at that time had not seen any demonstration like this. And it echoed the words of Jesus, love one another, even as I've loved you. So it's interesting that their, their behavior, now it's easy for us to go into a religious mode and go, Bill, we can't be perfect. Come on, we're not flawless. I'm not, you know, I'm gonna make some mistakes here, right? Of course. But it is important to realize that sometimes when we do things that we realize don't really represent the Lord well, how we respond can have equal positive impact. I'll give you a little relational tip. I learned this. 43 years, Deb and I have been together. Um, and 
Sometimes people say, how have, you, how have you done it? What's the secret? What's the key? My normal response is forgiveness. Right? <laughs> it's important. It is. We, we learn how to walk relationally, but it is important that we look at uh, it, how we treat each other matters. How you and I interact, it matters. How we who call ourselves Christians in the church, it matters. Because the world is watching. They are paying attention. They are. In fact, I, I wrote this down. If you're a note taker, you might want to write it down. How we treat each other can either confirms what others already think of Christians or gives them a reason to think differently. I remember when I was writing that down, I was like, ooh. Ooh. I promise you, your neighbors... People at work, they all have an opinion. They have, they have formed a thought process around church or, or Christians in general based on what their previous experiences have been. How they interact with us and how we treat each other, they observe how we treat each other, it's either going to confirm what they already think or it's going to give them a reason to think differently. I'm hoping to do that one. Let me give you three things that when we talk about walk this way, Three things that should characterize our walk. You ready? Yes. Here's the first one. Being kind. Being kind. Now, this doesn't come naturally to me. I'll just tell you the truth. Um, I am grateful that in Galatians 5, where Paul gives a list of what is the fruit of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, one of those in the list is kindness. You should be grateful too. <laughs> I, I tend to not be, kindness is not an immediate response left to myself, left to my own uh, devices. Without the redemptive work of God in my life, I, I, I'm a kind of not a person you'd probably want to hang out with. You may not want to hang out with me anyway, and that's cool because I don't like to hang out with people much. So <laughs> we're going to get along. <laughs> The, the reality here, when we talk about being kind, this is important. We tend to treat what we value kindly. And I wrote it down this way. Kindness is the beginning point of recognizing someone's value. It's, it's the starting point. If I'm not willing to be kind to you, I'm basically saying you're worthless to me. You don't matter. You are unimportant you have no reason for me to expend any kind of emotional energy. Kindness is the beginning point. It's a fruit of the Spirit dwelling in our lives. We talk about love, joy, and peace, but it's also kindness. Yes. We do have a little misnomer sometimes about the fruit of the Spirit. We think they're for us. They're for how we interact with others. It's the fruit that other people get to partake of when they're around us. So that when we walk into the room, do they go, yay, or like, oh. <laughs> Come on, we all have people when they walk in the room. We have one of those two responses. You're looking at me very judgy. Very, very judgy. But I will make this statement this. The more we allow the Holy Spirit to have his way in our lives and we learn to say yes and we submit to and we start to reap the benefits our ability to love others, our ability to walk with joy and expression to others, and kindness is released by the Holy Spirit. 
because we're going to learn to value what God values and he values people, right? I make this statement. It's not going to come up with a board, but I like the statement, so I'm going to tell it to you. If Christians everywhere just started being kind to each other, the world would take notice. I mean, if we just start treating each other well, if we just start being kind to each other, people would take notice. Our city would take notice. Our state, our nation, the world. If we could just learn to be kind. Here's the second thing about walking this way. Keeping a tender heart. Paul said, be kind, tender-hearted. Now, when we talk about a tender heart, we don't mean someone who cries at commercials or has subscribed to the Hallmark Channel and it just sits around emotional goo all the time. That's not what we mean. That's not what this means. It means keeping your heart soft as it relates to your ability to walk in relationship with others. To help understand that, we might need to look at it this way. What hardens, what causes our heart to not be tender? Well, selfishness can do that. Uh, but one of the main ones, offenses. We get offended. Now, most people don't think they're offended because they'll tell you, that just hurt me. Well, that was six months ago. Have you been to the doctor yet for this hurt? Now, see, we understand it in the natural, don't we? Somebody cuts you, comes around, just slashes on my arm. I, I, I'm like, I didn't, I, that hurt. But if you come back around six weeks later and my arm is discolored and it's obviously infected and you go, what happened to you? I, said, well, I, I didn't do it. Somebody did this to me. I was hurt. You come back six months from now and I don't have an arm. What happened to you? Well, somebody just, you know, hurt me. The moment you know you're hurt, it becomes your responsibility to get it well. Amen. That moment. It's not, maybe it's not your fault, but the moment the wound is inflicted, it becomes your responsibility to treat it. The reason is offenses harden our hearts towards others and they poison us. You can sit there and be as offended as you want. You can give your best offended look. And the person that you're hurting more than anyone else is you. Yes. It's you. I wrote it down this way. A hard heart destroys relationships. Offenses happen. Being offended is a choice. It will harden our hearts. It will. If we aren't willing to address or deal with the things that we notice. Now, here's the thing. Let me, let me just help you. Because sometimes we don't think we're offended. We think we're just hurt. Let me give you, they're not going to come on the screen. You're just going to have to listen, okay? You're just going to have to listen. There are three keys here. You can find out if you're offended or not. You might walk out of here today and go, you know what? I learned something in church today. I'm offended. <laughs> well, now you can deal with it, right? You start avoiding the person, place, or thing that offended you. Just, just avoid them. Go out of your way. When we lived in Fort Worth, I was offended with I-35. I avoided it. I, didn't ever want, I never wanted to get on that road. Never. Number two, seeking confirmation of others that we're justified in our offense. We're not talking to the person we have an issue with, but we're going around kind of collecting data. Right? If you're going around collecting data to, see, to try to justify how you feel about what went down, you're offended. You're offended. One, here's one uh, final one. You begin expanding your offense to include everyone who disagrees with your offense. 
Now, I, you know how I know these things? I've done them. I've done them. I, you have too. To stop looking at me so judgy. You know you've done them. But they can help us understand. We can be hurt. There can be things that hurt. But if we don't deal with them, it starts to cause harm. Right? And here's, here, I wrote a statement down that maybe will help. We start with owning our stuff and unpacking it. Because unclaimed bags never get unpacked. When we realize, you know what, I was hurt, but now I'm just offended. I need to own it. I've got to own it. I can name it. I can identify it. Because if I do, I can release it. And I can get past it. Here's the third thing that he says. By choosing to forgive. And he says it in a very specific way. He says, you choose to forgive the same way God forgave you in Christ. How did God forgive you in Christ? Did he select? Did he, did he like lay it all out and say, well, that's okay. I'll forgive you for that and I'll forgive you for that one. For that. I'm going to hold you to that one. That one's just terrible. His forgiveness was complete. And for, the word forgiveness in scripture is it's not really a religious word. If you look it up in the original language, it is more of an accounting term. It has to do with a ledger and someone has a debt and there's a decision to zero it out. That's what the, the biblical word of forgiveness. Now it's important to know that forgiving someone doesn't justify what they did and it doesn't say it was okay. It just turns, it cuts you loose from the poison that unforgiveness gives you. It totally does that. In fact, I wrote this down. Forgiveness is the antidote to the poison of bitterness and unreleased grudges. I learned pretty early on as a young minister, I started when I was 20, that I had an opportunity for an offense a lot. But you know what? We're living in peak offense season right now. It started, started Thanksgiving. We put people in the same room who don't usually hang out with each other for various reasons. But we put them all in there. We shove food in their face. Somebody's going to say something dumb. It's going to happen. The holidays can be hard for people. There's financial pressure. There's all kinds of stuff. So right now, between Thanksgiving, coming up Christmas, and maybe even lingering into New Year's, your potential for having your feelings hurt or being disappointed by somebody, or getting offended, they're up there, boy. How many of you can say, yep, 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 yep. Sometimes, I, I had a memory of, a, of a, I got offended at the beach, by the beach. <laughs> right, by the beach. Um, my wife is, she loves to go to the beach. I wanna go to the mountains, right? Where are, my, where are my mountain people at? <laughs> yeah. Where are beach people? For fairness, okay. I don't, I don't really like the beach. Now, I don't mind being around the beach. I don't mind eating at a restaurant on the beach. I don't mind. But just sitting on the beach, not my thing. Now, whoever invented those beach chairs, you know what I'm talking about? These little beach chairs? These little, they should be in prison. That's horrible. 
How do you get in and out of those things? It, I, it was a struggle. We went out, we were there, we were having a great time. We'd gone, had a nice meal. We'd been there for a day or two and we thought, well, we're here. We might as well go sit on the beach. And I thought, my thought was, Deb loves this. I'm gonna do this for her. And so we'd get our little wagon because we're like a, a block off the, and we walk with our little wagon and it's full of our little demonic chairs. And, and we're, we're and, and, oh, and, and the little short umbrellas too, right? And so, we get there, and I had the misnomer that the beach had soft sand. It's a lie. I, it took all I could do to try to get the umbrella thing down in the beach. And then a gust of wind from nowhere comes, and it, it takes off. Whew. And now I'm chasing it to try to keep it from landing in the gulf. Right? So, I mean, this is going well. I'm having a great time. And then we finally do get it down, and Deb's umbrella actually inverts. Whew. It goes, <laughs> like, wow, <clears throat> aren't we having fun? And I'm sitting Sitting there, I'm holding it, and I'm like, okay, okay, calm down. It's going to be fine. You are, you made it into the demonic chair. You're there. You've got the umbrella. You're holding on to it like, like it's a, a handle you're hanging on to so you don't fall off of a cliff because the wind is kicked up. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I start feeling this pain around my ankles. And I look down, and sand flies are feasting on me. They're biting, and they're bringing blood. And I'm like, oh, this is terrible. What? And I'm, I'm not having fun. I mean, I felt a little better when they started biting her too, but I mean, I, I thought, <laughs> okay, so it's not just me. But I had a, in that moment, I realized, you know what? My response in this moment, I, I'm here because I wanted to do something kind and nice for my wife. And I realized this isn't, not only am I not having a good time, I'm preventing her from enjoying the beach as well. The whole reason we were there. I guess I can let go of the umbrella now. So you see? See how I was still just grasping that thing. It was traumatic. <laughs> but I remember, I, I, I remember saying to her, I was, that was wrong of me. I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? The whole point we're here is for you to have a good time on the beach. Because I, I my clues were she was saying things like, we can go. We don't have to stay. We can go. I'm like, you know, but at that time, I'm like, oh, no, we're staying. I'm here. <laughs> If nothing else, I'm going to keep killing these flies. I don't know. And so, but that, there's a, that's a relational tip, by the way. Stop saying I'm sorry and start saying I was wrong. When I did this, when I said this, when I spoke to you this way, when I forgot to do that, that was wrong. Would you please forgive me? That's how you own it. That's, that communicates, I own it. I acknowledge it. That was wrong. Would you forgive me? It's a way better than I'm sorry. You ever had a kid tell, tell your brother you're sorry? Sorry. You know. <laughs> that doesn't mean a thing. Doesn't mean a thing. But when you acknowledge that the way you said something or what you said was, was wrong and you say, I, I was wrong to do that. Would you forgive me? That's what brings healing. That's what brings relationships together. It's important. Forgiving someone is not telling them what you did was okay. It's releasing them from you as their judge. It's zeroing out the debt in your ledger so that it's not you holding them accountable. That's how we get free. You say, well, this sounds great, but how in the world do we walk like this? Well, I've got three things that I think can be helpful. Here's number one. Embrace and invite the Holy Spirit to produce the fruit of kindness in your life. 
This is what I depend on. Left to myself, mm mm-mm. Number two, allow the Holy Spirit to highlight any issues that could harden your heart and choose to address it. Here's number three. Ask the Holy Spirit to expose any area that we have grudges and unforgiveness. Sometimes we convince ourselves we're not offended. We're just hurt. But the reality is, no, we're offended. We need the Holy Spirit to help us. He's our, he's our comforter. He's our helper. He walks alongside us. And part of what he does is he protects us from us. He protects us from us. I wonder if you would be willing to just bow your head for a moment and close your eyes. And let's just ask the Lord today. Let's ask the Holy Spirit. Father, we pray this morning that your Holy Spirit would be given the freedom and reign in our lives. We choose it to produce the fruit of kindness. Not just to other believers, but to others in general. We ask you right now, Lord, to highlight, put your finger on, expose the issues that may be causing us to have a hardened heart. And we invite the Holy Spirit today to expose any area where we're holding grudges or unforgiveness. All around this room and watching us online, allow the working of the Holy Spirit to soften your heart, making the choice to forgive, and address the offended areas of your life so that your heart can become tender again, so that kindness could be expressed through you again, so that a lifestyle of forgiveness helps us to be the example and the voice that God has called us to be as his church. Head still bowed and eyes still closed. You might be listening today and you're hearing this word forgiveness and you're, you're hearing this word kindness. You know, the scripture says that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. His heart is tender towards us. He, he loved the world so much he gave his only son. And he offers forgiveness and complete restoration into relationship with him. Friend, if that's you, whether you grew up in church or you've never been to church... You're feeling that this morning. Is That's something that you, you're like, I, I need that. I've walked away from it. I've, I've taken my opinions of who God is because of the church. But this morning, I want to come back to the Lord. Or maybe for the very first time. If you'd be willing to just pray this simple prayer with me, there's nothing magic about it. There's nothing mystical about it in the sense of some formula. But if you pray these words and mean it from your heart, It'll change your life forever. Just pray this simple prayer with me. It goes like this. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. It's what the Bible calls when we live a life away from you. I acknowledge it. I also acknowledge you are the Son of God. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you lived a sinless life. I believe 
that you died on the cross for me, for my sin. I believe that you rose from the dead as a demonstration of your power over death and a hope that I could have everlasting life as well. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life. Be my Lord, my boss. Take over. And I choose that I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. If you happen to pray that prayer with me, you'd be willing to say, Bill, I prayed that with you. I prayed that prayer. Would you be willing, with everyone else's heads bowed and eyes closed, you say, Bill, that was me. I did pray that prayer with you. Would you just raise your hand? Just look at me real quick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? I prayed that prayer with you, Bill. I believe that. So proud of you. Scripture says that angels of heaven are rejoicing. They're throwing a party right now in heaven for that. Your response. But we want to also help you with next steps. And if you'd be willing, if you raised your hand and said, Bill, I prayed that prayer, would you just be willing to send us a text here at the church? It's, it's on the screen right now. H, uh, just text, I prayed, all one word, 844-HRC-TEXT. Pastor Tim has recorded some some resources for you, some video links will be sent to you that help you understand what just transpired in your heart and what your next steps are. So proud of you. So proud of you. Well, High Ridge family, would you stand? So glad to have you here in the house. Thank you to everyone watching online. Uh, we had four people pray to receive the Lord. We rejoice in that. It's awesome. We're going to invite our elders and their wives and some of our staff and wives down to the front. We always want to make an opportunity for you if you need prayer for anything, if it's related to the message or not related to the message, we want to always provide you the opportunity to receive prayer. Just a couple of announcements. I want to remind you that Legacy Sunday is coming up on the 17th. Uh, it's going to be an awesome time. Pastor Tim looks forward to this every year. It's an opportunity for us to communicate to you what your generosity has allowed us to do in our community, our state, our nation, and across the world. So it's a big deal. I hope you'll, you can be here for that. That's on the 17th. And also, Christmas Eve this year is on Sunday. And so we will have four services on that Sunday. Uh, they'll be at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and 12 o'clock. So we invite you to come and celebrate with us uh, on Christmas Eve. Uh, if possible, we are asking to, if you can, either attend one of the, the first one or the last one. We're trying to make as much room in the middle services for guests who might be coming uh, that normally may not attend. Maybe extra family members are in town and uh, we bring those with us. So if you would keep that in mind, we'd appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening today. Thank you for paying attention. Thank you for not booing, at least not out loud. I always find that encouraging. Let me pray over you and bless you and send you out. Father, thank you for our church family here and abroad. We pray, Father, that as we go out today, we'd be mindful of whose we are, who we belong to, and who we represent. And Lord, we look to you to help us be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving of others. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Hope you have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you so much for listening in today. 
Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.